If you love Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for coming back on Monday. Uh, it was cold this morning. I wanted to just go back to Puerto Rico, but um, uh, uh, I'm so thankful to be here. I really enjoy uh, Connecticut. I love uh, your pastor, a dear friend, for, for, for many, many years. And I love this church. I love to see what God is doing in this church. And I just want to thank you so much for being so good to us. Uh, thank you for the, uh, the nice hotel room. Thank you for the uh, fruit basket. And uh, thank you for the nice meals. And thank you so much for the coffee. Amen. I love coffee. Amen. Uh, without coffee, you cannot please God. Don't forget that. Amen. Greatest truth in all the Bible. It's right up there with John 3.16. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 10, I really enjoyed that uh, video, uh, the Dunning family and uh, uh, our church. We have a deaf ministry, and uh, we love deaf in our church, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, we're excited about uh, this ministry there in Philadelphia. We're, we're so thankful that, that you're going there, and, and thank you for answering the call of God to, to go win the deaf there in uh, uh, Philadelphia. My second son, Jose, he's in Bible college. And he'll be, he's a junior this year. Uh, please pray for him. He's a very, very smart kid. Uh, he grew up, uh, he started our school, uh, Becca Curriculum. And since kindergarten, for God's glory, till 12th grade, he's had all A's from kindergarten all the way to, uh, to 12th grade. I'm talking about every quiz, every test, everything, all A's. He got his smartness from his, um, his, from his mother. Uh, you thought I was going to be proud and say from his dad, right? No, but I'm not. But he got that from his mom. And um, not only that, but Jose is, uh, he's, uh, he's a junior in college, at House Hanson College, and he still has all A's. So pray for him. He's going to win one of those cum laude stuff. What do you call those? I don't know what you call them, but you know what they are. Uh, my, both of my sons, they've made uh, academic excellence in House Hanson College. They still have those good grades. Now, uh, when I was in school, they didn't have those. I don't know what happened. Did they have them when you were in school, Pastor Adjourn? They didn't have those, right? They didn't have none of this academic excellent stuff. I don't know what happened, but that came in after, after, when, after I graduated. They started bringing those things in. That was funny. I wish you would have heard it. But anyway, pray for them. And uh, my son wants to go to Puerto Rico, and he wants to help us with our deaf ministry. And uh, he wants to help start deaf ministries all over the island and different churches that would like to start one. And uh, he loves the Lord, and he, uh, he was trained ever since he was a child uh, to, to work with deaf. And he's got a love for the Lord. And I really appreciate that ministry with the Dundon family. Thank you for answering God's call. And, and, uh, and, and church, thank you for, for all that you do to support missionaries and, and for helping uh, Puerto Rico and Philadelphia and Judea and Samaria and everything you're doing for the Lord. I'm very excited what the Lord is doing with this church. Thank you so much. Luke chapter 10 in your Bibles. And uh, we're going to start reading in verse number 30. And we'll read a few verses and then we'll have uh, some preaching. And uh, I'm just so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much again for being faithful. I enjoy this church and, and I had a great day today with your pastor. Thank you, pastor, for taking time for me. I know you're busy and you've got a, a big ministry, but it's, it humbles me that you would take time for me. And you've been a big help to me. Thank you so much. Uh, verse 30, are you there with me? The Bible says, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, 
which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, here's that word again, Go. And do thou likewise. I want to speak tonight on that little line there towards the end. Go and do thou likewise. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, I need your help. And Lord, I just pray you'd help me to be a blessing to to this precious church. Thank you for White Oak Baptist Church. Thank you for Pastor Lejeune and his wife and their family. And thank you for all the workers here and, and this faithful church. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just put in our hearts a desire to do more for you, for your kingdom. Lord, that many more would be reached with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we don't have much time. Lord, we need you. Please stir us. Please help us. Please give us a burden. Give us a desire to do more for you. And Lord, I promise to give you the praise, the honor, the glory for what you do. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you've probably read this story many times, and, and uh, here we have a story about a man. The Bible says he was uh, on his way from Jerusalem, on his way to Jericho. And the Bible says that he fell among thieves. And the Bible says they stripped him, stripped his raiment, they wounded him, and they departed. They left him half dead, the Bible says. And uh, in verse 31, the Bible teaches that a certain priest came by. And the Bible says that when he saw him, he saw this man half dead, he just kept on going. And that's what many of us do. We see a need, we see situations, and we just keep going. If you keep reading, then we have, uh, not only was there a priest, but in verse 32, it talks about a Levite. When the Levite saw him, he did pretty much the same thing. The Bible says that he... Um, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Now, then we have a Samaritan. A Samaritan in verse 33, look what, look what happened here in verse 33. The Samaritan, the Bible says, as he journeyed, he came where he was, the same thing as the other ones did, as the priest and as the Levite. But when the Samaritan saw him, the Bible says, he went where he was, and here's the difference. Here's the game changer, if you let me use that term, This is what happened. He says he had compassion on him. Now, there is a difference between compassion and what you and I would call pity. 
a lot of times we see a video like we just saw right now, and we'll say, oh, poor deaf folks. And we'll have sympathy. And we'll have pity. And we'll even feel sorry in occasions. But there's a difference between all of that and compassion. Why is that? Because compassion is that which moves you and me to take action. Are you listening? Are we listening? Compassion moves us to make a difference, to do something. You see, we do something about it. It's not about just saying, hey, you know, poor you, God bless you. In Puerto Rico, we use the term a lot, you know, Dios te bendiga. You know, God bless you. Hope you make it. Hope you make it. God bless you. But uh, this is not what it's talking about. This Samaritan, when he saw this man who was half dead, the Bible says he came to where he was, and the first thing that he did was, the Bible says, he had compassion. He had compassion. Now listen carefully. He didn't have pity. He had compassion. He didn't just feel sorry for the man. He had compassion. The Bible says in Jude chapter 1, or the only chapter, verse 22, the Bible says, and of some have compassion. It doesn't stop there. It says, and of some have compassion. What comes next? Making a difference. Now what is it that's going to make a difference? Is that compassion. You see? It's not just having pity. It's not just feeling sorry. It's having compassion. Compassion is what makes a difference. The Bible talks about Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 36. The Bible says, when he saw the multitudes, that was the vision. He saw the vision, right? He saw the multitudes. The Bible says he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, let me ask you a question, you know, just answering your heart. It's a rhetorical question. Are you the kind of person that you have pity or do you have compassion? Are you the kind of person that you see a need and you want to do something about it? Or you just see the need and say, well, let, let somebody else figure it out. You know, we can look at this world and we can say there's no hope. But as long as there's life and as long as we have the Bible and as long as we still have the gospel, the gospel is the power of God. Amen. The, power, the, 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 the gospel can still do a work. The, the, the gospel uh, can still save somebody. Uh, as long as there is hope, hey, we can continue serving the Lord and doing God's will while we're here because there is still hope. Are you listening? There is still hope. There is still hope. Notice that he had compassion, just like Jesus had compassion. I want you to notice the second thing that happened in verse number 34. Not only did he have compassion, but look, uh, now he, he, he did something about it. He didn't just say, well, poor you. No, he saw him. He was half dead. He said he had compassion on him. But look at the second thing he did in verse number 34. In verse 34 it says, and went to him. And notice this, the Bible says, bound up his wounds. Are you listening? He bound up his wounds. In Spanish, sanó sus heridas. He, you know, he did something about it. Are you listening? He bound up his wounds, but then it says there, and he sent him on his own beast. The second thing I want you to notice, he provided transportation for him. He was this man's ambulance. Are you listening? He did something about it. You know, uh, hey, uh, you know, we have vehicles. If we're going to help people, we're going to reach people, hey, we're going to have to provide transportation for them. Are you with me? You know, God has blessed you with nice cars, but we need to use those cars for the Lord. Amen. Are you with me? 
You know, the Lord has blessed me with a, with a vehicle in Puerto Rico, but hey, it's, it's lasted me for many, many years, and it still runs like new. Let me tell you why. Because I believe we use, I believe because we, since we use that vehicle on Saturdays and on Sundays to, to reach people, we, we put those little kids in that car and we bring them to church and we tell them about Jesus, amen? And the Lord has said, hey, hey, you're using that car for me. You're using what you have for me. Hey, I'm going to bless you for that. And I'm going to take care of your vehicles for you. And I'm going to help you. Hey, that, that car has about, about 200,000 miles on it. Same transmission. Same engine. You know, all I do is I change uh, the oil every 5,000 miles. Amen. And the car is still running good. Why? Because when you have something that God has given you and you use it for him, hey, God will bless you. God will bless it. He provided transportation. You know, you have uh, bus routes here. Amen. Sometimes you got to bring those kids to church. Amen. You know, sometimes you say, well, those kids, they're, you know, they're snotty nose and they misbehave. Hey, hey, you're looking at a bus kid. <laughs> I wish you would have known all the things I did when I was a bus kid. But I'm just thankful that somebody provided transportation for me. Amen. Somebody took me. Brought me to church. Are you listening? Hey, uh, help, those, help those people around you. Help them. Do whatever it takes to get them to where the Lord is. To get them closer to Jesus. Hey, those, those children, the people around the world, the deaf over there in Philadelphia, the deaf in Puerto Rico. Hey, they need the Lord. They need the Savior. Just like you and I need uh, Jesus. Amen? He provided transportation for them. You know, uh, look at uh, verse 34, something else that he did. He says, And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn. Notice that, he brought him to an inn. Now, it's not talking about a holiday inn or something like that, but it's talking about a resting place. A resting place. He took him to a place where they can help him. You know, uh, I, I always thought a church in Puerto Rico, a church is like a hospital. You know, people come to church so that we can help them. And those of you that have been here for many years, people come to church, hey, we need to help them. They need help. You know, yes, they, sometimes they bring a lot of baggage and, and they bring a lot of problems, but hey, they need help. And that's why, that's why you and I are here. Just like this man, he was half dead. He was dying. He needed help. And there was a Samaritan who helped him. Yes, the, the Levite saw him, but he just kept on walking. Yes, the priest saw him, but the priest just kept on going. But there was a Samaritan who said, we need to help this man. We need to help him. And there are people all over this area that just need help. They need somebody to just go and help them. Like this Samaritan helped this man. He helped him. You know, he helped him. He took him to church. Amen? He took him to Sunday school. He taught him the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. You know, he brought him to church. He brought him to night church. You know, he brought him to, uh, all that's in the Greek and in the Hebrew. You know, you're not going to stand all that. But uh, he, he did whatever it takes to, to get him the help that he needed. i never forget the day I got saved. I shared that with you many times. I was in a junior church service. I just, I just rode the bus. I was in a junior church service. I was in the eighth row. Uh, Dr. Ray Young, I'm sure many of you, he's been here, before, I believe. Dr. Ray Young was preaching. He was preaching a sermon called The Lake of Fire. And when I heard him preach, I was sitting there. i never forget, there was a boy sitting right next to me. His name was Liddell. I still remember his name. This was in 1984. Liddell was sitting next to me. And while he was preaching, you know, he, uh, 
He, he was preaching on hell, and man, I, I felt the, the floor was going to open, and I was going to just go to hell because I, I knew I was lost. To make a long story short, he gave the invitation. i never forget, Ladell grabbed his elbow, and he went like this. He said, Louis, I'll go forward if you go forward. And I said, Ladell, I don't care if you go forward. I'm going forward. Amen? <laughs> you know, I need to get saved. And that day I got out of my seat, I went forward, and they took us to the Adams Chapel there at the, at the church, and, and right there, the, a soul winner opened up the Bible and told me how to be saved. Why? Because somebody provided transportation for me. Somebody brought me to church. Somebody said, this boy needs help. Somebody said, this boy is in a broken home. His mom and dad are separated. He needs the Lord. And because of that somebody, we're here today. Look at what, what else happened in verse 30. Look at verse 35. Look at verse, are you with me? Look at verse 35. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. The next thing he did was he, he, he paid the price. He took out two pence. One pence is the equivalent of one day's work. Are you listening? Back in those days, one pence was the equivalent of one day's work. He gave him two pence. That means he took out two days of work, which I don't know what it is in Connecticut, in Puerto Rico, probably $60, $70 a day the average person makes. And, um, and he took out two days' work, and he gave them uh, to the man there at the end, and he said, take care of him. And all I'm trying to point out is, if we're going to help people, it's going to cost us. Are you listening? If we're going to help people, it's going to cost us. And we need to be willing to pay the price. We need to be willing to sacrifice. And please forgive me, I don't like to use the word sacrifice, because we're so blessed here in America. Don't get offended, please. But we're so blessed in America. Sometimes when I get up and I say, hey, let's sacrifice a little bit, and you know, down deep in our hearts, you know, are we really sacrificing? Do we really know what sacrifice is? Are you with me? Folks, it's going to cost us to, to help those deaf folks. It's going to cost us to help, those, uh, the, the, to help the, the orphanage over there in, uh, in India. It, it's going to cost us to reach people all over the world in, in Colombia and in Peru and in, uh, and in Africa and Ukraine and in, uh, in Puerto Rico and Cuba. It's going to cost us. We've got to be willing to, hey, take out that one pence and take out that two pence and say, hey, let's help these people. Let's, let's point them in the right direction. Let's bring them to the end. Let's bring them to the Lord. Let's help them. It's going to cost us folks. Are you willing? Are we willing to pay the price? If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, please, and look at verse number 21. Very famous verse, Matthew chapter 6, and look at verse number 21. He took out two pence. It's going to cost us, folks. And thank you. I, I know I'm speaking to givers. I know that. And thank you. Thank you for giving unto the Lord. But each and every one of us, if we're honest, if we're honest, we all know we can all do more. Amen? We can all do more. Every single one of us, we can do more. We're so blessed. We're, we're blessed beyond measure. Amen? How many of you have a testimony? You can say, Pastor Martinez, God has been good to me. Can I see your hand? 
Amen. God has been good to me. Amen. How many of you can say, Pastor Martinez, God has blessed me. God has been good to me. You know, I have, I've, I, I, I'm blessed beyond measure. Could I see your hand way up high? Thank you so much. Thank you. And, I, and I'm happy for you. And, and I can tell. And I'm blessed just to see that you're blessed. And God is good. Amen. But we can all do more. We can all see the need. We can, we can all say and be honest and believe, hey, we're, we're in the most blessed nation in the world. Now, America is not perfect. Can we agree on that? But America is great. America is not perfect, but America is great. And the reason America is great is because America is good. America is good. America helps people. America helps countries. America is, is, is pretty much the, one of the first countries, you know, extending a helping hand. I never forget the hurricanes in Puerto Rico. The first ones there was America. Other countries came in and helped, and I'm thankful for that. But USA was the first country there. They were helping us, bringing water, bringing food, making sure we had gasoline, making sure uh, the island was, was up and running, helping us rebuild. Uh, a lot of people came and helped with the electricity. Why? Because America's good. Amen? America's good. And you've always been good. But hey, let me remind you, there are people out there, hey, they, they, you know, countries out there, they don't have the blessings that we have. They don't have the prosperity that America has. They don't have uh, the resources that you have. And listen, listen, the Bible says, to whom much is given, to whom much is given, to whom much is given, much shall be required. Now let me show you a verse here real quick. Look at um, Matthew chapter 6. Are you there? Can you say Amen. Look at verse 21. Very famous verse. The Bible says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen carefully. Listen, please. God's not interested in your money. God owns everything. Are you with me? How many of you believe God owns everything? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Do we believe that? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns all the gold. He owns everything. Amen? He doesn't need our money, but God is interested in our hearts. The Bible says we should, we, we, we are to love the Lord thy God with all of our what? Help me now. Heart. Mind and soul. Amen? But your heart. Why? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the Lord is interested in your heart. And our heart ought to be in the things of the Lord. Amen? In the things of heaven. Our, our heart ought to be in the things that God is interested in. And listen, God loves the world. Amen? Do we believe that? Do we believe John 3.16? Do we believe that, that, that for God so loved the world? Do we believe that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all men should come unto repentance? Do we believe that? Do we believe that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost? Do we believe that? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you ever want to know where anybody's heart is located, just follow the money. Can I say that? Is that okay? Are you with me? Are we okay? Amen, amen. If you ever, if you ever want to know where somebody's heart is, just follow the money. If you want to know where your heart is, follow the money. Amen? And our, hey, I want our hearts to be in the things of God. I want our hearts to be in the things that matter to God. 
And, you know, and, and what matters to God? God, wa- God wants the world to be saved. Amen? God loves those children, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. i never forget when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico. We were, um, we were desperately looking for help. And please, uh, I, I think I maybe, maybe I mentioned this to you, but when the hurricane hit us, I, I knew the storm was coming, and I prepared for my family. I did. I prepared for one month. I had plenty of water. I had plenty of groceries and food. I had gasoline. I had everything prepared for one month. But I forgot about something. I, made a, I don't want to call it a mistake, but yes, probably a mistake. I forgot that I was a preacher. I forgot that I was pastor of a church. And as soon as the hurricane hit us, uh, just a couple of days later, people from our church just started to come to our home, knocking on our door, saying, Pastor, we need help. And so we gave what we had. And in a couple of days, we were without nothing. And so we would go to, the, we would go to get gas in a, in a gas station. We were number 84 in line. And all they would give you was $10 of gas. And sometimes you were number 84, you were kept 70, 60, you were you know, waiting there for hours, and you're 50 or 40, waiting. And then when you were like number 4 or 5, they would come out and say, sorry, ran out of gas, goodbye. I mean, it happened to us, believe me. One time we, one time we went all the way to, we drove uh, several cities down. We, we drove to a Sam's Club. When my wife and I, we got there, the, uh, the, the, the buildings had collapsed. And we were trying just to get some water, just to get some water. And all they were doing was selling water to people, one gallon of family. One gallon of water per family. And um, the lines were kilometric. I'm not kidding, kilometric, just to get water. To make a long story short, my wife and I, we got there. The lines were so big, my wife and I, we, just, we were discouraged. We just said, uh, let's go. And as we were going home, i never forget, one time we were going home, and on our way home, we, uh, we got in the car, and right before we got in the car, we looked to the floor, there were two pennies. We were excited. Two pennies mean a lot to us. That's our symbol. That's, that's, our, our, that's how we, God tells us that he loves us. Every time I see a penny, I pick it up. That's God telling me he loves me. And so we, we saw two pennies. We picked them up, and we put them up. I said, Lord, we love you too. But we were discouraged. We, were sad. we made it to our home. We drove back. And when we got to the home, we just, we just stopped in the car. We just cried together because we had no water. We had no water. To make a long story short, by God's grace, by God's grace, about an hour later, a pickup truck pulls into our home. It was a man who went to El Junque, a rainforest. And he came down and he brought 60 gallons of water. He's good all the time, amen? He pulled into our, our home. And uh, he, he, said, he, said, he said, Pastor Martinez, um, God told us to come over. Have some water. Did you need some? I said, we sure do. He said, how much do you need? I said, how much do you have? He said, we have 60 gallons. I said, we need all of it. I said, I can't give you all of it. I said, but sir, we have a church. And we have a school. We need all of it. He said, okay, we'll give you all of it. The following Sunday, families would come to church. 
we would give them one gallon of water, they would leave just crying because they just had a little bit of water. Sometimes we'd get some batteries, give them some batteries for their flashlights, and they would just cry because they had some water, had some flashlights. One time we were, after all that happened, we went to um, San Juan trying to make a phone call. Well, we were in San Juan, the capital. We saw this lady. She was, uh, peop- by the way, when the hurricane, people were in shock. They were in shock. I went to the ocean, close to the ocean, and there was a man. He was standing there for days, for days, just standing there. He was in shock. He wouldn't move. Just standing there. I, I walked by to him. I tried talking to him. He wouldn't talk back. He was just shocked. I grabbed my hands and I would go like this, see if he would pay attention and, and snap out of it. He just wouldn't move. For several days, he was like that. There was one lady. She, uh, she was so frightened and she was so in shock that she grabbed her, uh, she packed a few bags and she, would just, she was just leaving, but she didn't know where she was going. She would grab her suitcases and she would just walk a, a, like a couple of um, uh, seconds and minutes and she would just drop the, the, the luggage there and come back and get the other one and pick it up and just keep, keep, she just kept walking. And on and on she would go back and forth grabbing the luggage and just going and going. And uh, we tried talking to her, trying to, trying to just help her. How can we help you? She wouldn't talk back. She was just in shock. She wouldn't move. And we would try to stop her. Hey, can we, can we help you? She just moved us out of the way, grabbed her luggage and just kept walking. Then finally, the next day, we had to go to San Juan again, and we saw her again. And when we saw her again, I, saw, I told my wife, honey, we've got to talk to her. We've got to talk to her. She needs help. Somebody's got to help her. And there she was, just carrying her luggage. Carrying her luggage. And then finally, we just stood right in front of her. And um, my wife didn't know what to say to her, but my wife told her, she just... Led by the Holy Spirit, my wife told her, are you hungry? She said, are you hungry? And the lady tells my wife, she finally spoke to her. She said, are you Mexican? Those were her words. Those were her words. Are you Mexican? And my wife said, yes, I'm Mexican. I think of that missionary, David App, who won that family. And because of that missionary, a Mexican was serving in Puerto Rico was able to talk to that lady. And she said, yes, I'm hungry. And right away, I said, let me go get you some food. I went to, um, I think it was a McDonald's or Burger King, and I went and I got her some, something to eat, and I brought it to her, and she was eating it. And as she was eating, my wife was able to talk to her about Jesus. And she bowed her head and asked Jesus to be her Savior. And all I'm trying to say, folks, there are people out there that need help. But many of us, we just pass by. They're half dead. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Some of them are just 99% dead. People are lost. They're dying. We're living in a dying world. And people need help. They need help. Look at what else happened. Look at verse 35. And, he, and on the morrow, he departed. Not only, did, not only did he take out the two pence, not only did he provide transportation, not only did he have compassion, but look at verse 35. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence. Look at this. And gave them to the host. Are you with me, verse 35? Are you there? He gave them to the host. 
and said unto him, look what he said, take care of him. Are you there? Take care of him. He took out the money and he said, take care of him. He got others involved helping people. Are you listening? He got others involved helping people. Hey, God's given us a family. As a family, we can all work together to help people. We can all help others. We can all make this world a better place. We can all work together to make this world a better place. We can, you know, we can look at this world and say, hey, there's no hope. But as long as, as, long as we have a Bible, as long as we have a Savior, yes, there's hope. There's hope. There is hope. There is hope. But, so, but some of us need to get involved and help others. And yes, we're going to have to sacrifice. We have to give, give, uh, give, give money. We have to find ways to help. But we can all take care of them. And look what, hap- look, look at the, look what it has there towards the end. And we're done. Look at the end there. Verse 35. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, and hey, Jesus is coming again. Are you listening? When I come again, I will repay thee. I will repay thee. Hey, listen. God pays back pretty well. God pays back pretty well. God's not going to owe you anything. You know, he pays, you know, he that, you know, has mercy in the poor, he that lendeth, you know, give it to the poor is lending to God. And God pays back pretty well. Are you with me? Are we willing to help? Are we willing to give? You know, I thank God for those that have helped in my life. I don't know if you know a bus driver. He passed away, Roger Mullinex. Maybe you heard of him. He was my bus driver when I was in division, when I was a bus kid. A little child. He drove my bus. He drove my bus just to make sure I was in church. Listen, folks, hey, there's a lot of people out there that need help. We can just keep going like the priest did. We can all do like the Levite. You saw the need. God bless you. Just keep going. Or we can get close and say, hey, have compassion. Have compassion. We can all say, hey, let me give you some transport. Let me, let, me, let me get you some help. Provide the transportation they need. Take them to the inn. Take them to church. Amen? Take them to God's house. Take them to a place where they can get helped. Sometimes deep, dig down deep in your pocket. Say, here's a few pence. Let's help. Let's give whatever it takes. They need help. It's going to cost us, amen? Serving God is going to cost us. But we can all do a little something. We can all help. We can all extend a hand. We can all care for others. We can all give. We can all uh, sacrifice. We can all do our part. Now, here's the message, and I'm done. Look at verse 37. Here we have that word again. Verse 37. Are you with me? Go and do thou likewise. Would you start today? Maybe tomorrow when you go somewhere, just look at those people in need and just extend a helping hand. You know, there's children all around us need help. Teenagers, families, broken homes, hurting people. I'll never forget, um, I'm done, I'll never forget one time in our bus route, uh, there, was a, uh, there, was a, there was a man in the, uh, on the bus route on the street, and this man, he was, he was high on something, I don't know what it was, but it was high on something, he was pretty high, 
some drug he had. Two of my lady workers, they invited him to church. And he was high on something, so he, they just left him a flyer. And they said, if you want to go to church, our checkpoint is tomorrow at McDonald's right there. Just go to McDonald's. Well, guess what? The next morning, he was there at McDonald's. He was there. And my lady workers, when they, when they saw him there, they came to me and said, hey, Brother Lewis, we invited him to church yesterday. There he is. I said, well, tell him to get on the bus. They said, no, you tell him. <laughs> they were all afraid. I mean, he was, and he was the scariest man I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. He was very scary. And, uh, and uh, his eyes were like, you know, popped out. You know, he was, he was high on something. I don't know what it was. It was something. But he had long hair. He was, I mean, he was a scary, scary looking dude. All right? To make a long story short, I said, go tell him. Come on, go tell him, ladies. I said, no, no, you go tell him, Brother Lewis. So finally, you know, I had to prove myself, I guess. I don't know what. But I, um, I, I, I went to where he was. I said, hey, are you, uh, are you here to go to church with us tomorrow, today? He said, uh, he said, well, I can't go now because I just got this meal and uh, I just bought this meal here at McDonald's, so I can't go, but uh, maybe I'll go some other time. I said, no, you can eat the meal on the bus, and I don't know why. I'm not like that, but God gave me that boldness, and I grabbed this tray, and I said, come on, eat it on the bus, and I started walking towards the bus, and he came right behind me, and next thing you know, he went in the bus, and he sat all in the back of the bus. He sat all in the back, and all the kids, they were all scared. I mean, I was scared, too. So here I was teaching and preaching. I said, hey, any kid misbehave, you're going to go sit in the back with that man back there. And you see the little kids just look at this. Whoa, they were all scared. I mean, that was the best program I ever had. Those kids were all quiet. They were sitting up straight like soldiers. Those girls were angels. We had a blessed day that day. Amen. So next thing you know, we get to church. We took them to Sunday school. We, t- we, took, them to, um, we took them to hear preaching. When it was time to come back to, uh, to Chicago, we couldn't find them. And so the rule is, if you don't find any of your uh, bus riders, you have to, number one, go to the bus office and check if he's there. And if he's not there, number two, go to the baptistry. Well, guess what? We went to the baptistry and there he was. He got saved that day. He was getting baptized. Next thing you know, next thing you know, there he was again. Uh, when we took him home, we dropped him off at McDonald's. He said, um, hey, um, can I come back next week? I said, well, let me think about that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, so then he came back next week, but this time he was a different man. He was not high on anything. I mean, he was a changed man. And uh, for God's glory, he kept on coming for weeks. And then one day he said, what do you guys do on Saturdays? I said, well, on Saturdays we go bus calling, we go tell people about Jesus. We go visit little boys and girls. We try to get them to ride the bus to go to church. And uh, he said this. He said, can I do that? I said, well, let me think about that. Oh, sure, you can. And next thing you know, he started coming with us on Saturdays. And here we were now telling other, other boys and girls about Jesus, trying to get others to come to church. After a couple of weeks went by, he said, where do you guys go to school? Where do you guys go to college? I said, we go to Bible college in... Um, in Crown Point, Indiana. And he said, do you think I can go to that college? I said, well, let me think about that. Uh, yes. We got him in House Anson College. I mean, he just started to grow. Became a bus worker. A bus captain. He, uh, he started winning contests for bringing people to church from his bus route. Uh, God started using that man in a very special way. 
became a missionary, went to Mexico, built a great church, great work for the Lord. It's amazing what God can do with somebody. If only we just walk by. You know, sometimes we just need to walk slowly through the crowd. You ever heard of President John F. Kennedy? The day he was assassinated, he would just keep telling his family, walk slowly through the crowd. Walk slowly through the crowd. And you know, every time you walk by people, yes, sometimes they have a smile, but down deep inside they're hurting. We're living in a hurting world. People need help. Even those that are smiling a lot, even, even those that have plenty of money, they're hurting inside. And somebody's got to walk by and touch a life. Just touch a life. Have compassion. Care for people. Provide transportation if you have to. Pull out a few pence if you have to. But help others. Let's not be like that priest, like that Levite, and just walk by. Let let, let pastor take care of them. No, let's all extend a helping hand. Let's all give. Let's all have a part. Let's walk slowly through the crowd. That's the verse that says, go, do thou likewise. Do the same. Father, we love you. Thank you for allowing me to just spend a few moments here with this great church. Lord, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. Lord, I feel like I'm speaking to people that they're givers. They, they have compassion. They're helpers. They care for others. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. But Lord, down deep inside, we can all do more. We can all do more. Heads bowed, nice closed. I'll turn it over to the preacher in a, in a second. But who would say, Pastor Martinez... Lord spoke to my heart. I believe that all of us can do more. I believe I can do more. Would you pray for me? Can I see your hand way up high, way up high? God bless you. God bless you. I'm, I have my hand up because I can do more also. Thank you so much. Thank you. We can all do more. We can all do more. Let's all go and do thou likewise.